The following marketing information and discussion is provided for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as professional guidance or consultancy. You should find an agency for that. Comexis is a digital marketing agency, so feel free to hire us. But otherwise, just enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Buyer's Journey by Comexis, a discussion-based podcast on the ever-changing marketing landscape. I'm Matthew Margordi, the social media content producer here at Comexis. I am Len Ward, the managing partner at Comexis. And I'm Josh Lyons, the digital marketing coordinator here at Comexis. It is Thursday, and on Thursdays, we talk about the retention phase of The Buyer's Journey. For those of you who need a refresher, the retention phase of The Buyer's Journey is when a customer or client, either that you currently have or have had in the past in the sense of somebody bought your product, right? Um, And you are trying to retain them either to buy a product of yours in the future or perhaps a subscription service of some kind if you are a service or or, or you offer some subscription-based product such as, I guess, like a magazine or something like that. Um, And one really powerful tool in the retention phase of the buyer's journey because it's a lot of, it's not just about making sure somebody comes back to you, but making sure that you are top of mind is email marketing. And that's what our story is going to be about today. But before I get into that, Len, can you tell me why email marketing is so crucial in the retention phase of the buyer's journey? So email marketing, without a shadow of a doubt, is still the number one way to communicate with clients, especially existing clients. Um, Social media and things along those lines are great, and they're clearly beginning to take over email marketing, but they have not, by any stretch of the imagination, overtaken email marketing as a way to deliver a, a your message directly to an individual who has purchased a product off of you. Email marketing is still a very, very powerful way to not only convert the sale, but to keep the client there. So in the retention stage, it's very important that you're staying in front of clients with tutorials on your products, maybe latest updates on your products. Here's a product that would work well with the current product you have. Hey, your product is a year old. Have you ever thought about upgrading a product? Things like automobile dealerships, maybe if you're in a B2B business, you know, in a, uh, like an equipment type thing would work well. So it is just a really, really good way to personalize and actually have a conversation with an existing client you have. And the only way it works is via consistency. It has to be consistent. So you would like to talk to your clients about once a month on emails is normally good. And it's a quick email and it's a value-added email. All right. So today's piece is by George Nagayan on Marketing Land. And one of the inevitabilities when you're doing email marketing is you're going to have people that want to opt out of your emails for whatever reason. There could be a, a huge variety. Either it's not relevant to them, they just don't want to get the emails, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and inevitably, somebody's going to try and opt out. So there's sort of George Nagayan's you know, best practices for how to make the opt-out process easy, but also informative for you. Um, and then a couple other things about you know, how sometimes it's good to just go through your lists and see if they're still relevant. Um, so the first uh, piece of advice that Nagayan has is that you shouldn't make people jump over hurdles to edit their email preferences. Um, basically, he's saying, you know, and I've, I've had this, I'm sure we've all had this bad experience where you try and opt out of an email or you try and modify your email preferences and either you can't or you have to go through 16 different websites in which to do that. I had one where they sent me to another website and I had to click my email preferences. They brought me to another website to confirm them and then they sent an email to also confirm it. And it was basically six steps too many. 
because um, all you need is a link. Um, one of the suggestions that he also has um, that uh, Bonobos actually did really well, which is when you are giving the opt-out option, you can also give an opt-down option. So for example, Bonobos had a, there's a, there's a screenshot will be included in the blog basically saying, you know, how much Bonobos do you want in your life? And the first piece is, I would like to unsubscribe, perfectly fine. But they also have options such as only send me sales emails, only send me emails tailored to specific items, I specifically like shirts, sweaters, jackets, whatever, or I only want to know about pants, things like that. So if you offer either multiple products or multiple different types of services, um, one great way to sort of segment your audience could be in when they opt out if they're instead of opting out, opting down, hey, I don't want to get all your emails, but I do want your emails about X, Y, C. Um, just before we continue on, what do we think about that? All right, so I think obviously opting out is the easiest, you know, just letting the individual opt out quickly is the best way to go about it. But the opting down thing is very interesting. Um, I think there are two ways to look at that. One, it's really going to segment your list. Number two, it might kind of, you know, I think it also will reduce the amount of email that's coming into an individual. Um, I actually think this is really good for retail because if anybody belongs to fanatics or anything along those lines, I mean, they I are get a million emails a day. Yeah. yeah, and look, I understand what they're doing. I get it, but it's to the point of it's bad. Like, I, and I buy stuff off there, but I'm to the point where I'm probably going to opt out because I just you already follow me around on Facebook, you know, because I'm on the site. So it's one of those ones where old Navy's the same way. They just you get an email you know, like every day, like twice every day. But I like the opt down because that's an idea where, like, you know, like I like Vineyard Vines. So if I go to Vineyard Vines and if I click on that and I say, all right. I like Vineyard Vines t-shirts and I like the hats or whatever. Would you like just it or would you like a sale or whatever? That would want to keep me on there. Vineyard Vines, I think, is on the line. They kind of email just sometimes. It's almost like, okay, it's not bad. But I'd like Fanatics if I'm like, all right, if you got something new for the Eagles, Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, and it's specifically that stuff, send it to me. I'll look at it. I don't want to see your Minnesota Vikings and your Boston Red Sox stuff. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense. So I, I really no, I think this, that makes sense. This is a good idea for the opt-down. I think this is good. I think this would be good for – because – to go back on what I said initially about the re, the uh, the retention and why email marketing is good for it, the one thing you have to look at you can't if you're a retail company you can't just email once a month you probably do want to email at least once a week you know historically on what you want to do so I actually think this is a pretty good idea right here. What do you think, Josh? My example was going to be fanatics, which I think is hilarious <laughs> because I get ten plus emails a day from them and again I understand what they're doing they're just hammering you with information and mostly their bread and butter is they're going to give you a new deal on every email just to, to convince you to buy. Do you actually, I, you're probably being hyperbolic, but do you actually get like almost 10 emails a day? I'm fanatics, I, I, would, I bet I get at least four. It's definitely four five hundred. a day. It's at least five. Oh I might be over-exaggerating the 10, but at least five a day. They've been pretty good. Um, I mean, I, I ordered some Overwatch jerseys and I've been surprisingly good at only getting an email from them like every two days, but. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's, oh, no, it's I wild. get it daily. And it's, you know when it really ramps up? After you buy. Yeah. After you purchase something, they really, really come in heavily, and it's bad. It's like the guy runs a great company. It's true. Everybody goes there, although it's always, always, if you're an extra large, make sure you order the 2XL because yeah, the shit always yeah. runs way too small. Yep. <laughs> um, and I just made a mistake in order to fill your shirt XL. I got to stand it back to the double XL. I should have known. But uh, no, I, it's almost like they... I wonder if they're doing the email because are they finding more conversions after the individual purchases it? Is their pattern when an individual buys a shirt or jersey or whatever it may be, they're more likely to come back in the next 
72 to 96 hours to make another purchase, and that's why they hit it. Because I'll be interesting to find out now that I bought this Philly shirt, is it going to begin to trail down? Because right now, I bought it about three days ago, and it's relentless. I mean, that's right. at least two to three emails a day. And and they do, like, every every five or six hours, they have that new sale, whether it's free shipping or it's 20% off or it's 25% off. So every, at least for what I'm seeing is every one of those emails is a new is a new discount. Yeah, it's a new so, discount. It's a new so product. It's, so it's not from. like it's not like they're saying like you know at 9 a.m. they're doing 20% off for you know a jersey, and then at 10 o'clock they're emailing you again and saying you know here's 20% off for a different like product, whether it's a shirt or a hat. It will be 20% off for the jersey, and then 25% off for the jersey. Now 20% off with free shipping, and it will just be email by email by email with a new sort of discount, and that's after you buy it. Because as soon as you buy it once, they think you're going to be more inclined to buy it again if there's an an even better incentive. I think that makes sense, though, because at least when I think of times I've bought in things, not from Fanatics necessarily, because I've only bought in like one jersey from them, but... It makes sense that, you know, maybe you bought something and then they email you going, oh, hey, did you remember to maybe buy that new hat? Hey, did you remember to maybe buy this, buy this? And then the additional percentage, you're, in your head you think like, well, if I got 20% off here and I'm getting 20% or 25% off here, it's not really like I'm spending that much more right. money because I'm still getting the equal savings. Right, and the way I would at least perceive it is there's a lot of times where I'll go in and I'll buy something or I'll even be at least shopping for something on Fanatics and I might like press a jersey and a, and a t-shirt and a hat and then I'll be like, all right, this is too much money and I'll exit out of the hat and the t-shirt. So that's where it would be cool for them. Instead of just sending me an email about a random other jersey or product, they take the ones that I exited out of my cart and then repurposed it and said, hey, like, remember this hat you were about to purchase? Now get 25% off and free shipping on it and send me those type of emails. So that's where I like the the opt-down option because if I made one of the options, like I only want hats or I only want shirts or I only want emails of of products I was considering but didn't actually purchase it, then when they send me that email, I might go in and, and make the purchase again. And that's, you know, and that right there is the lesson. I think the lesson is, and I've never seen it from them I don't know if I've seen it from other retail companies. If you're going to lean towards the side of retail uh, or email marketing in, in the in the retention stage for a retail company, did I just say that right? I think I did. You have to, I think, if you're going to send the amount of emails Fanatic sends, okay, maybe the individual is, is okay to get that. But the reality of the situation is the way Fanatic should do this is they should stop and maybe once every three to four weeks send an email saying, hey, we just want to get an update on you. We don't want to send too many emails. Here's your opt-out drop-down. Can you just tell us the stuff that you're currently interested in? Are you only interested in Philly stuff right now, when it's on sale? And so, like, they should have enough of a, of a persona built up on you on what you've purchased that this email should go out once a month. And at that point, you say to your, at that point, I think an individual will be like, okay, they know who I am and right. they know what I want. So here's the thing. What if it's, what if the strategy is it's more worth it to barrage our customers and flood them with emails to keep us top of mind, knowing that you will come to them when you decide that you do want a jersey and that outweighs the frustration you get. Because I know when I get emails, too many emails from one company at a time, it annoys me. And a lot of the times I haven't shopped from that company in a while or I, or I haven't recently, right? But it sounds like you guys get more emails after you buy things and it sounds like you guys go on there relatively frequently. So I wonder if they're seeing numbers that 
it's better to just flood people, keep you top of mind, and then, oh, you purchase anyway. Well, that's all retail mentality. Like, oh, yeah. Dix is the biggest violator of this. If you're on the website of Dix and if you purchase something, I mean, it is an onslaught really? after you've made a purchase. So there is definitely a direct correlation that these retail companies have that after the moment of purchase, there is a more likelihood that they're going to make another purchase within the next 96 hours opposed to two weeks from now. I've never seen the data. I don't know if that data is accurate, but, but there is a direct correlation that I, when I make a purchase retail, it comes in fast and furious. And then it's almost like after like two weeks, it vanishes, it's gone. And then they, their emails are about, like Dick's I've noticed, I, we got stuff for my son, we purchased stuff, they went crazy, they emailed us. And now the emails have been about a couple times a month. But now that I went back on there to get something for my son, I'm noticing it's starting to ramp up. So there's a direct correlation here you know, that we just don't have that data. And I'm sure there's other agencies that have that data yeah, out there. Yeah, because we just that, don't have that right should now. be the formula. It's make the purchase, flood them with emails for the first week or two. Then maybe for a week or two, you lay low, maybe send one or one email every once in a while. And then after, after that little down period where they, you know, after flooding them and giving them some time off, then you hit them with the, here's the opt-down option. Because it's been a while, we haven't sent you a ton of emails, do you want more and for these specific items? It's almost the end cap philosophy. If they're even doing, it, like not the end cap, but the checkout philosophy. So if you're in the line, you're a better chance of picking up that candy bar, picking up that magazine as you're walking out the front door. You would think that mentality would be carried into as you're doing the checkout. Have you thought about these couple things? But maybe their mentality is the checkout line to them, the virtual checkout line lasts 96 hours opposed to what it is, because at that point, you normally have the product in your hand, and I think they're thinking, okay, well, maybe they'll come back in. So, um, just one final thing I wanted to note um, as we move, before we close the show out, um, is that one of the things Nagayan suggested is proactively removing disengaged subscribers. Um, I remember we had a couple email lists. I remember a client of ours was asking, you know, is it worth, if these people haven't opened the last five emails, you know, is it even worth keeping them on the list because they're clearly not engaged. Um, and I think it kind of depends. Um, I mean, Len, you're more than welcome to, to pop in on, on this uh, with your opinion. Um, I think it depends on what kind of emails you're sending out. But I do think, you know, you should be looking maybe annually, just say, all right, this year, these people did not open any of our emails, probably best just to call them and then just stay with the list that at least open one, two, three, something Yeah, like I think you should review it quarterly. You should review your list quarterly and try to figure out, you know, you know, if there if if you if you identify quarterly high engagement pieces of content where individuals were clicking through because they liked the title tag or they were actually clicking out of the email and going directly to the content, which by the way, non-retail, that's happening more and more. They like to read the email like they read like a quick tw Twitter thing. And if you're noticing a segment of individuals who aren't even interacting on the high interaction content, every quarter at that point, you probably should maybe, I wouldn't delete them, but I'd put them in a bucket where they would get an email maybe once a quarter to kind of see if you can get them back in there. But yeah, once a quarter, you should be cleaning out your email list and get rid of you know ones that just aren't interacting at all there you go well thank everybody for tuning in to today's episode of the buyer's journey check us out on comexus.com youtube and anywhere you can get your podcasts and please follow us on twitter at buyers underscore journey thanks for listening <laughs>